0: We are. we are. We are. We are. Cultivate. 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 We are. Cultivate. Hello, and welcome to Yield Crime. Where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and with me is my sister and co host, Maddie Stengel.
1: Hello. Hi. We're doing our usual time and it feels it feels good. It feels right. Yeah. Sunday mornings.
0: Yep. I was behind this week getting my notes done. But I'm still oh, ahead. I didn't notice congratulations thanks
1: oh this is the last one that i picked isn't it
0: yep this is the last week of august i like
1: picking them and forgetting about them and being pleasantly surprised
0: until next year so the last of maddie's topics (sighs) is viking werewolves yes
1: i forgot all about this (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) A little background, a little, uh, uh, if this is TMI, it's whatever. But my fiance is uh, practicing Norse pagan. And I recently grabbed like this kind of cutesy small book that just kind of touches on the mythology and kind of the base of their religion because mm-hmm. since they barely wrote anything down, yeah. And their alphabet was like, you know, a handful of runes that meant five or six other five five or six things each. Yeah. It's hard to interpret. But like their tales are insane. Oh yeah. And like super interesting. And like learning about Ragnarok mm-hmm. and like who who was gonna murder who. To like balance out the universe, and like all of the animals that eat the tree of life, mm-hmm. like there's just a pig hanging out eating it. <laughs> and it's just it's Our so favorite. cool. It's you know it's just one of those things where it was really interesting, and I had picked this out before I had started diving into it because I was like you know I kind of want to understand where he's coming from and understand kind of the background because. You know, we were raised Methodist, mm-hmm. so there were there was no tree of life, no. or or a werewolf that will bring Ragnarok, yeah, <laughs> the end of the world. <laughs> so, you know, I just wanted to
0: kind of see, but sure.
1: yeah, super cool, yay, Viking stuff.
0: Got something you want to say? Shoot us an email over at Yield Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your story ideas, see any gifts you send our way, or if you just want to say hello, we're pretty friendly. Speaking of friendly, if you'd like to have real-time conversations with us, consider joining our Discord over at the Cultivate Network. You can chat with us over at the Old Crimers Cubby or catch up with any of the other great creators that are part of the Cultivate family of podcasts. Just click the link in our show notes or over on our link tree to get started today. Information was pulled from the following sources. A 2021 Atlas Obscura article by Sarah Dern. 2020 Nordic Culture blog post by Skaldin. I'm sorry. That sounds close. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I did my best, like I always do. 2018 history article. 2011 Scandinavian Studies article by Arman Jakobsen jacobson one of those yeah 2007 journal of english and germanic philology article deadliest fiction wiki post on the ruth hedna Ooh. museum of the viking age myths of the world blog post and a werewolves.com article bringing back werewolves.com love werewolves.com
1: you know it's really your one-stop shop for anything Human wolf hybrid related.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Be funny
1: if it had like a really fancy full moon calendar too.
0: Oh man, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. And links to all of these articles will be included in the show notes. As we already alluded to, to close out birthday month, I apologize in advance for my poor pronunciations throughout this episode. Just but think uh, of
1: shopping in Ikea.
0: Yeah. And be
1: like, You know, you think you know
0: how to pronounce, but you don't. No. It's okay. If you've gotten this far with us, you kind of know what to expect at this point. (laughs) So.
1: (laughs) That's so true. Oh, no.
0: (laughs) I mean, we're on episode 112. So. Yeah. You know what you're getting into.
1: Yeah. The effort is there. The execution isn't always. Yep. But the effort is there, and that's what counts. Yes.
0: Yeah. So to start, I'm going to discuss the Norse myth regarding Sigmund and Sinfiotli, who are a father and son pair that are best known in the saga of the Volsungs. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert, as with most myths, shit's going to get weird. Yeah. And we're just going to jump right into incest. So buckle up.
1: Sounds about right.
0: Yeah. Sigmund, the father in this duo, is the oldest son of the king of Hunland, a.k.a. Volsung, and the daughter of a giant or a giantess.
1: Uh, the Jotun or Jotun. Jotun. Jotun.
0: Jotun. Jotun. Yeah. Sinfiatli is the son of Sigmund and his sister Signy. But yeah. before you judge poor Sigmund super harshly, Signy slept with him in the guise of another woman. So make of that what you yeah. will.
1: Yeah, in in the mythology too, Loki turns into a horse to make a horse baby. So yep, stranger things have happened. Yeah, <laughs> in their stories. Yeah, <laughs> he birthed he birthed an eight legged horse. So let's not judge Sigmund. So
0: anyway, Sagan Sin, which is what I'm going to call them from now on because names are hard, and it's cute. It makes it cute. <laughs> Sig and Sin spent the bulk of their time traversing the forest, where they would essentially kill men for sport in order to rob them,
1: as yeah. one does. You know, <laughs> sportsmen. <laughs> yep. Just really dark
0: Yep. Ones. During one of these killing sprees, the pair came upon a house within which they found two sleeping men. These men wore gold rings and had two wolf skins with them, but not just any wolf skins, magic wolf skins. Uh-oh. These magic skins required the wearer to don the guise of a wolf for 10 days at a time. Both Seg and Sin put on a wolf pelt each, and soon transformed into wolves themselves, going on all fours, growing fangs, and howling at the moon. Did they know that
1: it was going to trap them for
0: 10 days? Nope. Yeah. It was a pleasant surprise, or not so I'm pleasant su- surprise. I, I'm
1: sure, but considering they're stealing them, they deserved it a little, I think. Yeah
0: after they found they were unable to take them off okay. they decided to each go their own way with the exception that should either of them encounter more than seven men they would call for the other to come to their aid okay
1: so if they're like guaranteed to die essentially yep yeah
0: first seg the father came across seven men so he called for sin and they killed them all together oh father somebody Not long after they once again parted ways, Sin found eleven men and fought and killed them all by himself without asking Sig for his help.
1: That's not gonna end well.
0: Sig, angered at his son for not calling out for aid, bit him in the windpipe before he carried him back to the house and sat by his side. Cute. The house which has had since been abandoned by the two sleeping men who they had robbed. Yeah, that makes sense he just goes in there and he's like, this is my house now. He orders yeah. the men who are still asleep for some reason. <laughs> right.
1: The the takeaway with the pelts is once you're a human again, you sleep for 10 days.
0: Yep. Hybrid. <laughs> you know, it's a vicious cycle. It is. One day, Sig watched two weasels playing before one bit the other in the windpipe, ran off, and then returned later with a leaf. Curious, he watched as the weasel set the leaf down next to the one he had bit, and Sig watched in astonishment as the weasel was healed. So his windpipe magically fixed itself. Thanks to the leaf. Yep. Sig then went out of the house, where he encountered a raven that was flying with a leaf. The raven brought it to him, and Sig then returned to the house and placed the leaf upon Sin's windpipe, watching as it healed. After the required 10 days had passed, both men were able to remove the wolf skins, at which point they promptly burned them to ensure that they could do no further harm.
1: I mean, okay, but that sucks. You just ruined it for everybody else.
0: Yeah. It'd be kind of cool
1: to be a wolf for a few days, just like, like frolicking
0: in the forest. Maybe, as long as you didn't go on murderous rampages.
1: Yeah, well that wouldn't be my intent, but you know. No. Maybe it would be back then, because it was really very much killer be killed. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a little more aggressive, you know, when you have giants. And who knows if you kind of retained your... Consciousness? Your consciousness versus becoming more animalistic in your behavior.
1: Yeah. Like, does it increase by day?
0: Yeah. So it's harder to take the pelt off? I don't know. This tale is one of the most popular from the Volsung saga, which was first written down around 1270. The story of Sig and Sin are just one of 50 different werewolf stories that Vikings loved to tell to one another as they passed the long, dark winters. Does that make sense? The Viking Age went from around the latter half of the 8th century, or the 700s, to mm-hmm. the latter half of the 11th century, or the 1000s. During this time, the People native to Norway, Sweden, and Denmark would travel to other countries and areas of the world by sea. Vikings were excellent seamen. (laughs) And it wasn't long before they established themselves as a powerful force to be reckoned with.
1: It's a very nice way to put
0: them, to describe them. (laughs) Both uh, in power and in virility, as we we know.
1: We're descendants of them. Yeah. (laughs) Because of (laughs) virility. You know. You know. As they do. Yeah. It's it's kind of the same thing with, like, people being related to Genghis Khan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It happens. <laughs> it, happens. it happens.
1: It happens. It's not great, but it happens. Yeah.
0: The concept of a man shapeshifting into a wolf as a result of magic or a curse is a common legend. The use of an enchanted sash, magic cloak, or as we just learned, a cursed wolf pelt are just a few. Mm-hmm. Vikings had a hot and cold relationship with wolves, making their place in Viking society a bit of a complex one. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, as a mostly agricultural society, the Vikings feared the wolves, knowing the destruction that they could bring. Yeah. On the other, they admired and appreciated their strength and cunning, their fierceness as killers who worked as a team. Because that's what they did. Yep. Because of this duality, one had to be careful when it came to the wolf. Yeah. A perfect example is the story of the wolf Fenrir, who, unlike in Thor Ragnarok, was actually the son of Loki and the giantess Angerboda. Fenrir was part of the tale of Ragnarok, which was essentially the Viking version of the end of the world. Mm-hmm. During Ragnarok, Fenrir would kill King Odin, even though in the Norse mythology, Wolves, in addition to ravens, are quite dedicated to him. Mm -hmm. Odin is most often depicted in some fashion with his raven companions, although he is also shown with the two wolves known as Yeri and Freki.
1: If I remember right, they're the ones that during the end of the world, one of them eats the sun and one of them eats the moon.
0: Nope. Those are different ones.
1: Those are different ones.
0: Yep. See,
1: I need to read more.
0: Yep. When it comes to Ragnarok, there are other evil wolves as well. Skoll and Hati Hovertinesen. Mm-hmm. Yep. The pair are the children of a Jotnar named Yarnvadur in the Ironwood of Jotunheim. Their mother gave birth to many Jotnar that all resemble wolves. Skoll is always chasing the sun and Hati the moon. During Ragnarok, the pair would swallow both, plunging the world into darkness. Yep. As noted in the Prose Edda by Snorri Sturluson, quote, In the east the old one lives, in iron wood, and there she bears Fenrir's brood. From all of them comes one in particular, the ruin of the moon in the shape of a troll. He gorges himself on the life of doomed men, reddens the gods' dwelling with crimson gore. Dark goes the sunshine for summer after, the weather all vicious. Do you know now or what? End quote.
1: I always think it's kind of interesting that no matter what religion you are, there's always some sort of like depiction of a nuclear
0: winter. Mm-hmm. Which I always
1: thought was really interesting.
0: Or like celestial anomalies like the blood moon, which mm-hmm. that poem kind of reminded me of like the blood moon or yeah. harvest moon. Mm-hmm.
1: Which is super cool when you see it.
0: Yeah. The Old Norse, Vagir, is used for wolf, but it is also the same word for exile. Yep. Being exiled from your community was the worst punishment a Viking could be given. Mm -hmm. Vikings cared deeply about family and social ties, so to be cast out like a lone wolf could mean your literal death, as any exiled Viking that was found could be killed with impunity.
1: Right. Well, and like just their native lands, too. Like, the climate was so harsh Mm -hmm. that if you were alone and didn't have, you could, it would be very difficult to survive well.
0: Mm -hmm. 12th century historian Saxo Grammaticus wrote about another wolf-centered punishment. Any member of Viking society who was found guilty of killing a close family member, such as a parent, spouse, or child, would be hung up by their heels next to a live wolf. But You can probably figure out what happens after that.
1: Yeah. I'm sure they didn't feed the wolf for a few days,
0: too. Probably. Just like the pigs in France. Yep. And the rats in Game of Thrones. Yep. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) Because wolves traveled and lived as a pack, the symbol of the wolf was a powerful one in Viking society. In the words of Lars Brownworth, quote, Viking society functioned very much like a wolf society with these alpha males who would occasionally work together, end quote. Yep. Now, before you get all Jesus fucking Christ alpha males, keep in mind that even though the bulk of Viking sagas are about fighting, most bloody fighting, mm-hmm. there are tales where different chiefs work together to fight a common enemy. Yep. In sticking with the alpha male topic, I know it's gross, but bear with me. There were bands of warriors known as Ulthana, That worshipped Odin. It is said that they would make blood-curdling howls, fight with their fingernails, bite their shields when they bothered to use them, and seemingly felt no pain during battle. That's terrifying. Unlike other warriors, they wore wolf skins instead of armor. It's likely that the Ulfhidna would participate in some form of shamanic or magical ritual prior to battle in order to connect spiritually with the wolves
1: oh man using your fingernails to fight in a battle yeah Do you imagine how terrifying it would be to go against them
0: and get like ripped apart like it's literally it's
1: already terrifying
0: mm-hmm.
1: knowing that your village is being raided by vikings mm-hmm. but you happen to be raided by the wolf ones
0: <laughs> yeah it's
1: like, yeah the universe really 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 looked at you and said fuck
0: you yeah <laughs> Ulfhedna were feared and respected. Considered elite warriors, Norway's first king, Harald I Fairhair, employed a band of Ulfhedna as his own personal bodyguards.
1: That's a good idea.
0: Ulfhedna have often been compared to berserkers, which were warriors who took on the animal characteristics of bears. So that's the difference. Okay. Eighth century poet. Hornclough wrote Ravensong about the Ulfhednar, quote, wolf coats, they call them that in battle, bellow into bloody shields. They wear wolf's hides when they come into the fight and clash their weapons together, End quote. So you know how I mentioned the various sagas that Vikings would write? Mm-hmm. Of the 46 Icelandic sagas that are known, 14 of them involve werewolves, and that's not even factoring in the Norwegian tales. Viking sagas were common ways, much like the stories and oral traditions of other tribes around the world, that they shared their beliefs regarding the world. They believed that humans occupied the middle, while gods and giants had their own separate territories. Not only that, but other creatures such as elves, desir, huldras, and dwarves occupied their own lands, primarily forests, lakes, the soil, mountains, and even the sky. Not all entities were helpful, like Odin himself, who was both a powerful protector and the god of death.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One thing I thought was kind of interesting about the Norse gods is they're mostly good, but they still have human-like flaws. Yep. So I thought that was really interesting that, like, there was no god that was perfect.
0: Yeah. They
1: were all an asshole at some point in their life.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The moniker of wolf was often considered a deadly one when it came to the Europeans who fought against the Viking raiding parties. Yeah. 11th century monk William of Eumage? Sure. Noted that Vikings were, quote, agile wolves set out to rip apart the Lord's sheep, end quote. I mean, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. In a written recollection yeah. of the 991 Battle of Maldon, the Vikings were called, quote, the Wolves of Slaughter, end quote. Another recounting by Simeon of Durham stated that Vikings, quote, like fearful wolves, robbed, tore, and slaughtered not only beasts of burden, sheep, and oxen, but even priests and deacons and companies of monks and nuns, quote.
1: Yeah, they didn't care.
0: Mm-mm. You were in their way. Yeah. Europeans knew the dangers that wolves posed, and following their introduction to the Vikings, comparing them to this fearsome creature seemed pretty logical. Yeah. History likes to use 1066, the year William the Conqueror, you know, conquered England, as the official end of the Viking Age. Fun fact, William was the Duke of Normandy and a Viking descendant. Mm Mm-hmm. In fact, it was the Vikings and their offspring that built up two of the greatest medieval powers in Europe, England and Sicily. Sicily. It's just kind of funny. Yeah. In the 12th century, French poet Marie de France wrote Bise Clare*, which translates to the werewolf. The story is about a baron who transforms into a wolf three days each week, and he's only able to return to the form of a man once he puts all of his clothes on. How do you do
1: that as a wolf? I don't know.
0: <laughs> That's what I was wondering. And I was like, is there, an, is there like a wood cutting somewhere of this or like an illustration right. somewhere? I want to see this. He's a,
1: He was actually an amateur inventor. Yeah. He had like one of those Goldberg machines.
0: <laughs> I was just going to say kind of like um, <laughs> Wallace from Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> he gets tipped out of his bed into his pants. Yep. Yeah. When his wife steals his clothes and he is unable to turn back, it takes the intervention of the king to have his clothes returned to him as well as his land and title. Funny. And it's believed that this story was kind of a loose comparison to William the Conqueror. Yeah. As the Viking Age started to fade away, stories regarding werewolves continued to crop up, but instead of Mm -hmm. being brutal and evil, the new werewolves were viewed with a more sympathetic lens. If you consider how Vikings had to change their ways to integrate into Christian society in medieval Europe, you can kind of understand and see why. Yeah. And that is the very short history of Viking werewolves. Nice.
1: Yeah, I, I read a couple of the uh, stories, and it's it's interesting. You're right. It's It's very, like... They respected them and hated them, but also kind of loved them. hmm It was a very intense relationship with wolves in general. hmm Super cool. I really hope a wolf doesn't swallow the sun and the moon at the end of the world.
0: Yeah. That'd be kind of weird. That'd be really scary to see. Yeah. this Be a big wolf. <laughs> yeah, these giant wolves appear out of nowhere. They'd be like, Whoa!
1: <laughs> no government knows how to fix it
0: no it's like well <laughs> guess we're fucked Yep. if you're interested in ad free content consider supporting us with a one time donation either over on buy me a coffee or our venmo page both of which are in our link tree and in the show notes if you'd like early ad free content not to mention some bonus material become a member of our patreon today for as low as a dollar a month We are Wendy and Beth, and we host the podcast Fruit Loop Serial Killers of Color. Tell the people about the show, Wendy. Well, happy to. As you might have guessed by
1: now, our show focuses on serial killers of color. We decided to make this the focus of our show because
0: most of the podcasts that we listen to focused on whole white serial killers, also male, cisgender, hetero serial killers. And we thought the space could use a little spice, a little diversity. Yeah, and we believe that the victim stories are important. Many of the victims are also BIPOC folks, and the media just doesn't focus on these people. We also get plenty of opportunities to discuss race,
1: race relations, systemic oppression, policing, history, and culture. We learn something new every day, and we hope that you do too.
0: Join us as we tell the fascinating stories of these crimes that often go untold by the mainstream media. Subscribe or download Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color now on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Look alive, y'all. It's crazy out there. This week's podcast plug is the Fruit Loops podcast. (laughs) fruit loops serial killers of color is a podcast about the often untold stories of true crimes committed by people of color and more importantly their victims contrary to popular belief not all serial killers are straight cis white men who knew huh crazy Wendy and Beth take <laughs> deep dives into the lives and crimes of serial killers of color, and along the way discuss the history, culture, and social environment that may have contributed to the evolution of their crimes. Nice. And we will have a link to their show in the show notes. So what yes. is something good you'd like to share this week?
1: Oh, hmm. well, one good thing this week. Since your oldest daughter's birthday week, mm-hmm. so that's always nice. No, I had a couple promising interviews for new jobs this week, which was really nice. And I've been able to kind of relax a little bit and rest up and start taking things off my list that I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do at some point when I take a day off. And I never took a day off. Yep. So it's been really nice just kind of cleaning all of the carpets. And organizing the whole kitchen and making fresh bread and having time to kind of stop and do that. So despite a semi-stressful kind of situation, it's been okay. How about you? What's something good this week?
0: Kind of a bittersweet thing this week was, funnily enough, on my oldest birthday, that was also the last day of our intern's internship. Oh. So... We took them out to lunch, and that was really fun. And then afterwards, we went to campus and went and got boba with them. So that was kind of nice. fun to to do that with them.
1: Did you have the? They have the mochi donuts and Korean dogs too over there.
0: We did. We stopped at this boba place that's across the street from the mochi donuts place,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's where we got our boba. But then. Tiff and I, who had carpooled with me, we went across the street and I picked up mochi donuts and some more boba to bring home for the birthday girl. So nice. So, yeah. Awesome. Looking for more content? You can find us online at yieldcrimepodcast.com. If you'd like to see pictures from this week's episode, not to mention bonus content and funny memes, make sure to follow us on Twitter at yieldcrimepod and on Facebook and Instagram at Yield Crime Podcast. On TikTok, of course you are. Follow us at Yield Crime Podcast. All right. A great way to support the show if you want to help out but can't do so financially is to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Good Pods, or really wherever you listen to your podcast and are able to rate and review. Mm -hmm. This week's five-star review comes from Fudget Review on Apple Podcasts. And they say, original five stars. I've never heard most of what is covered on this podcast. I highly recommend for all true crime fans. Thank you. Thank you. If you want a playlist of all our episodes on YouTube, click the link in our show notes or in our link tree, and subscribe today for not only a list of our full catalog, but a separate list as well, just of our Can You Crack the Cramp Word segments. And this will also be the last week that you can get our birthday merch before I retire it again for the summer. Another year. For another year. Mm -hmm. And on that note, as always, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Madison. And we'll see you next time with another tale
1: as old as crime.